Well, I guess I've been preaching for many, many years now. I don't know that I've been more nervous coming into the pulpit um, uh, than, than uh, in a long time than I am right now. And it isn't um, for any reason that um, I'm going to be preaching with a different delivery method than normal this evening. And so um, this is either going to be a smashing success or a miserable failure. But uh, whatever it is, we're going to enjoy it together. And uh, the singing tonight's already been good, so you got that out of church tonight. We're going to read a whole lot of Scripture tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm going to walk you through what I hope will be something that you'll never forget. And we have the promise of God that His Word will not return void. And so um, we're going to let God's Word do the preaching tonight. And then after we've read Scripture for quite a while, uh, I'm going to make a few brief comments about what we've read. And then I'm going to finish the sermon. Let's stand beginning in Genesis 2. We'll uh, read a couple of verses together. I'll make some introductory comments. And then we'll get going with the message. Genesis 2. And look at verse number one. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctify it because that it because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. I'm going to bring an unusual message tonight on our Rooted in Christ theme. We're talking about preparing the soil of our hearts. Tonight we're going to focus in on this topic of resting the soil. Resting the soil. Let's pray. Lord, I ask tonight that you would guide my words. Lord, as we um, look at your word and then the comments afterwards, Lord, may uh, the message tonight resonate with many people. And, Lord, may your word speak to those here the way it has spoken to me in my office as I prepared for this. Thank you, Lord, for a powerful, powerful word. And may it powerfully change us and radically change us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Resting the soil. Rest is a word that we're not very accustomed to in 2019. We live in a day and age where everything moves at just about the speed of light. And we try to move at the speed of light ourselves. And rest is something that uh, we scoff at and laugh at. For many years in Christian movements, Christian churches, Baptist churches, uh, I would say specifically, I don't know outside of the Baptist church, but I can definitely speak for that. The harder you went, the more godly you were. The less you slept, the more godly you were. Um, and just have to say that is totally and completely against the Bible. Rest is something that is found all throughout Scripture. And when I talk about rest, I'm not talking about curling up on the couch and watching a football game or a baseball game or binging on Netflix. I'm talking about getting serious rest. Rest that isn't just physical, but rest that is also mental, rest that is social in nature, Rest that is spiritual in nature. And so God has a lot to say about rest. And so what I want you to do is open your heart and mind and open your Bibles. I'm going to take you from Genesis all the way to Hebrews. We're going to spend, I timed it in my office, we're going to spend about 30 minutes reading verses out of the Bible that talk about rest. And I want you to be open-minded to what God has for you. Now, as I began to put this sermon together in my office... I looked up every word in the Bible that has to do with resting and God began to show me some very profound and powerful things. He may show you a different set of things than he showed me, but I want to, I want us to take this journey together and we're going to go uh, from uh, chapter to chapter, book to book, and uh, we're going to work our way through the Bible and see what God has to say about this topic of rest. So look back with me at Genesis chapter 2. And verse number two, and we're going to read verses two and three again. It says, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, 
He had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Turn over to Exodus chapter 16 and verse 23. Exodus 16, verse 23. I will make some brief comments as we read through these passages, but my comments will not be preaching, but at times adding historical context so you know the place and time of which we're reading. Here in Exodus, we find the people marching through the wilderness and God is giving them their law. Look at verse 23. And he said unto them, this is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today and seethe or boil that uh, ye will seethe. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. Look down at verse 30 of the same chapter. It says, so the people rested on the seventh day. Turn over to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11. The Bible says, for in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, turn over to chapter 23 and verse 10. And here we find a correlation with our theme this year of being rooted in Christ and preparing the soil. And we see here that the farmers in Israel were commanded to rest the soil. Look at verse number 10. And six years thou shalt sow thy land and shalt gather in the fruit thereof. But the seventh year thou shalt let it rest and lie still. And the people of and the poor of thy people may eat. And what they uh, what they leave the beasts of the field shall eat. In like manner thou shalt deal with thy uh, thou shalt deal with thy vineyard and with thy olive yards. Six days uh, thou shalt do thy work, and on the seventh day thou shalt rest. Uh, that thine ox and thine ass may rest, and the son of thy handmaid and the stranger may be refreshed. Turn over to Exodus 31 and verse 15. The Bible says there six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to the Lord, whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. Flip over to chapter 33 and verse 14. It says, and he said, my presence shall go with thee. Look here. And I will give thee rest. Look at chapter 34, verse 21. 34, 21. Six days shalt thou work or thou shalt work. But on the seventh day, thou shalt rest in earring time and in harvest Thou shalt rest. So no matter whether it's sowing time or planting time, on the seventh day, you must rest. Look at chapter 35, verse 2. 35, verse 2. The Bible says, Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day uh, there shall be to you in holy day a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Now flip over to Leviticus chapter 16 and verse number 30. Here we find the command to the Levitical priests. It says, For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you, that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, verse 31, and ye shall afflict your souls by a statue forever. So you're to do some soul searching on that day of rest. Look at chapter 23 and verse 3. Leviticus 23 and verse 3. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, 
and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Look down at verse 32 of the same chapter. It says, it shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest. And ye shall again afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at even uh, from even unto even shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. Now turn over to chapter 25 in verse three. And we find again the same command about resting the soil for sake of emphasis. Let's look at it again. Look at chapter 25, verse three, six years thou shalt sow thy field and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyards and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the Lord, a Sabbath for the Lord, thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyards, thou, uh, that which groweth uh, of its own accord of thy harvest, thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the Lord, and the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for thee, and for thy servant, and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beasts that are in thy land, uh, uh, shall all the increase thereof be meat. Look at chapter 26 and verse number 32. So they were to leave the field alone that seventh year and let it rest. And they found out later that uh, uh, rather farmers found out later that the soil does need that seventh year to replenish. And uh, science caught up to the Bible there. Look at chapter 26, verse 32. And I will bring the land into desolation and your enemies, which shall therein, uh, which uh, which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. And I will scatter you among the heathen and will draw out a sword after you and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths as long as it lieth desolate and ye be and ye be in your enemy's land. Even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbaths as long as it lieth desolate. It shall rest because it uh, it did not rest in your Sabbaths when ye dwelt upon it. So here the context is that uh, they, uh, uh, God is telling them through Moses' pen, you will give my land a break every seven years, seven years. And if you don't, I will put you in captivity and then I will give the land its rest. And God followed through on this promise. The Israelites laid in captivity for 70 years uh, in in uh, in Babylon. And during that 70 year reign, that was making up for four, exactly 490 years where they did not give the land its rest. God gave the land its Sabbaths back. Turn over to Numbers chapter nine and verse 18. Here we find the story of the Israelites journeying through the wilderness and God's presence abiding with them by a cloud during the day and a, a, a pillar of fire at night. Look at Numbers nine eighteen. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed and at the command of the Lord, they pitched as long as the presence of the Lord or the cloud abode upon the tabernacle. They rested in their tents. Look at uh, look at verse 23 of the same chapter at the command of the Lord. They rested in. In their tents and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter three and verse 18. Deuteronomy three eighteen. And I command you at that time, saying, the Lord, your God, hath given you this land to possess it. Ye shall pass over armed before your brethren, the children of Israel, all that are meat for the war, but your wives and your little ones and your cattle. For I know that uh, ye have much cattle shall abide in your cities, which I have given you until the Lord have given rest unto your brethren as well as unto you and until they also possess the land which the Lord your God hath given them beyond Jordan and that shall ye and then shall ye return every uh, uh, every man unto his possession which I have given you notice there it says until the Lord have given rest unto your brethren you'll see that pattern here developing forward turn over to Joshua chapter 1 verse 13 This is a great way for you to learn your Bible, by the way. One book at a time, working left to right. 
Joshua 1.13, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Look at Joshua 14.15. Joshua 14.15. And the name of Hebron before was Kirjath Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land had rest from war. The land had rest from war. Turn over to 2144. 2144. And the Lord gave them rest round about, according to all that he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Look uh, very closely at chapter 22, verse 4. 22, 4. It says, And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren as he promised them. Therefore now return ye and get you unto your tents and unto the land of possession which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side of Jordan. 23 verse 1. 23 verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. Turn over to Judges chapter 3 verse 11. The Bible says here, And the land had rest forty years and Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. Now, or Kenaz died. Now, the, why this is relevant is Othniel was a spiritual leader. And as long as the people were being led in a spiritual direction, the land had rest. When he died, they turned their back on God and uh, they no longer had that rest. Look at Judges 3, verse 30. You find this pattern throughout Judges. We won't look at every instance, but look at one more with me here. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest fourscore or eighty years. Turn over to Ruth, chapter 1, verse 9. The book of Ruth is a fascinating book. Uh, a book that shows God's strong hand of providence at work and God's hand of grace at work. Here we find Naomi telling Orpah and Ruth that they just need to go on home. Look at Ruth 1, 9. The Lord... I may not have the context right, but you get the idea here. The Lord grant you that ye might that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. So the Lord grant you that ye may find rest. Look at Second Samuel chapter seven and verse one. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. The Lord had given him rest. Look at chapter seven, verse 11. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee uh, that he will make thee in house. Flip over to 1 Kings chapter 5 and verse 4. 1 Kings 5, 4. But now the Lord my God hath given me rest on every side, so that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrent. Look at chapter 8, verse 56. 1 Kings 8, 56. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. First Chronicles 22, 9. First Chronicles 22, 9. Anybody gotten a paper cut yet? Careful, those edges can be sharp. 
First Chronicles twenty two nine. Behold, a son shall be born to thee, who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies round about. This is talking about Solomon. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. Look down at verse 18. Is not the Lord your God with you? And hath he not given you rest on every side? For he hath given the inhabitants of the land into mine hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Look at chapter 28 and verse 2. First Chronicles 28 and verse 2. Then Daniel the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in my heart to build an house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God and had made ready for the building. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 41. So First Chronicles 28, 2. Second, by the way, Second Chronicles 6, 41. The last verse we read uh, described... That uh, God's house or the temple would be a place of rest. God would rest there. God would rest there. Look at Second Chronicles 6.41. Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place. Thou in the ark of thy strength, let thy priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. Flip over to 14 verse 6. 14 verse 6. Speaking of King Asa, the Bible says, and he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest and had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore, he said unto Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord, our God, we have sought him and he hath given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. Look down at verse 11. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against the multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let no man prevail against thee. Look at 2 Chronicles 15, verse 15. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Look at chapter 20 and verse number 30. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. Chapter 32, verse 7. Look here, it says, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. They rested upon the fact that God would be their help against this enemy. Turn over to Psalm 16, verse 8. Psalm 16, verse number 8. Verse 8 of Psalm 16 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore is uh, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Look at chapter 37 and verse 7. Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord 
and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Look across the page at 38 verse 3. 38 verse 3. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Look here. Neither is there any rest in my bones. Why? Because of my sin. Oh, now we're getting the opposite effect. There is no rest or there is there. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. Look at chapter 94, verse 13. It says that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. So even in your adversity, you can have rest. Look at 116 verse 7. 116 verse 7. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. 132 verse 8. 132 verse 8. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou in the ark of thy strength. Look down at verse 13. For the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. Turn over to Proverbs 24, verse 15. Proverbs 24, 15. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. It is implied that if you are righteous, that you have found your resting place. Look at chapter 29 and verse 9. If a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest. What he's saying here is that a righteous man or a, 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 a wise man can have his rest interrupted by the sin of a wicked man. Look at chapter 29 and verse 9. Chapter 29 and verse 9. Do we already do that one? 29 verse 17. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Now flip over to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And we'll see that Solomon's going to talk about at the end of his life how that he didn't always have rest. Now remember, we read earlier in the, in the book of Kings that he was called the, the, a child of rest. But he made some decisions that caused him to not always be so restful. Look at chapter 2, verse 22. For what hath man of all his labor and of the vexation of his heart? Wherein he hath labored under the sun for all his days are sorrow and his travails grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. Flip over to Isaiah chapter 11 and verse two. And uh, in the last verse we read, Solomon is saying he's saying that uh, when I put my attention on things that were vanity and a waste of time, I could not rest at nighttime. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Look at chapter 11, verse number 10. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, speaking of Jesus, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek and his rest shall be glorious. So there's a promise to the Gentiles that their rest shall be glorious. Chapter 14 and verse number three. And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve. Look down to verse seven. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth 
into singing. Look over at chapter 18 and verse 4. For so the Lord said unto me, I will take my rest and I will consider in my dwelling place like a clear heat unto herbs and like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. So the Lord is going to take his rest. Look at chapter 25, verse 10. For in the mountain shall the hand of the Lord rest. And Moab shall be trodden down under him, even as straw is trodden down from the dunghill. Look at chapter 28, verse 12. To whom he said, there is rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Look at chapter 30, verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. Two chapters over, chapter 32, verse 18. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Chapter 55, or rather 57, verse 2. Chapter 57, verse 2. He shall enter into peace. They shall rest in their beds. Each one walking in his uprightness. That's my favorite phrase, by the way. Uh, they shall rest in their beds. I can't think of a better place to rest than in my bed. Amen. Um, especially after reading all these verses. 57 verse 20. Look down at 57 verse 20. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. Are you seeing a pattern here? Look at chapter 63 verse 14. It says, as a beast goeth down into the valley, the spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So didst thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. Look at chapter 66, verse one. Thus saith the Lord, that heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye built unto me and where is the place of my rest? Now turn over to Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls but they said, we will not walk therein. Look at chapter 31 and verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I, uh, when I went to cause him to rest. Jeremiah 45, verse 3. Thou didst say, Woe is me now, for the Lord hath uh, added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sighing, and I find no rest. One chapter over, verse 27, 46, 27. But fear not thou, O my servant Jacob, and be not dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save thee from afar off and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return and be in rest and at ease and none shall uh, make him afraid. Look at 47 verse 6, 47 verse 6. O thou sword of the Lord, how long will it be ere thou be quiet? Put up thyself into thy scabbard, rest and be still. Now, still. Now, turn over to Lamentation chapter 1. 
Lamentation is a book written by Jeremiah. After the Israelites have been carried away into captivity, he's left there with the captives, with the rejects that had been left behind. He's watching children run through the streets with soot on their face. He's watching moms search through dumpsters, trying to get enough nutrients in their body to give their children suck and crying because they don't have any milk for their own babies. Look at Lamentation 1 verse 3. Judah is gone into captivity because of affliction and because of great servitude. She dwelleth among the heathen. She findeth no rest. All her persecutors overtook her between the straits. Look at chapter 2 verse 18. Their heart cried unto the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears run down like a river day and night. Give thyself no rest. Let not the apple of thine eye cease. Chapter 5, verse 5. This is the result of generation after generation choosing to reject God and choosing rather to live in sin. God sends a sand of punishment and no rest is found. Chapter 5, verse 5, our necks are under persecution. We labor and have no rest. Flip over to Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos... Obadiah, I'm I'm messing this up. I'm not even going to try off the top of my head. Zephaniah, good luck. If I wait for the pages to stop turning, we're going to be here all night. Zephaniah 317, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. So those are the verses from the Old Testament I chose that talk about rest. There were a lot more. Those are just the ones that I put here. Now, what about the New Testament? We're going to look at a lot less in the New Testament, but take your Bible over to Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 28. You say, well, resting was in the, in the Old Testament. That's not in the New Testament. And I'd say, well... You're not correct about that. I heard one guy say that all ten of the Ten Commandments are mentioned again in the New Testament except for remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And I would say that's true. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is not repeated in the New Testament. But the principle of rest is repeated in the New Testament. Look at Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Jesus says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Turn over to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. The church is commanded to rest. Look here. Or rather, a church has talked about resting in a positive light. Then the churches, uh, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Just a few more here. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 5. For when we were coming to Macedonia, Paul says, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Where fear exists in our heart, we cannot rest. Look at chapter 12 and verse 9 of the same book. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, let's finish in the book of Hebrews. We'll look at chapter three and chapter four. Hebrews three and verse eleven.
Hebrews 3.11. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Oh boy. They shall not enter into my rest. I don't know about you. I don't want God to put me in that category where I can't enter into his rest. Look at chapter 3 verse 17. We'll find out more about who this is. But with whom uh, was he grieved 40 years? Oh, well, he's talking about the Israelites. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not, so we see that they could not enter in. Why? Because of unbelief. Why could they not have this rest that comes from God? Because they chose not to believe. Look at chapter 4, and we're going to read from 3 down through verse number 12. This will be the last passage that we read this evening. Look at chapter 4, verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the Sabbath day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom uh, it was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today after so long a time, uh, as it is said, today if ye will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts, for if Jesus had given them rest, then uh, would uh, he not afterwards have spoken of another day. Look here, verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into this rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Verse 11. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, I hope that all of this Bible reading hasn't bored you or put you to sleep. I hope what it has done is opened your eyes to this topic the way it has opened my eyes to this topic. Let me just make a few closing remarks about what we just read, what I got out of what we just read, and then we'll, um, we'll end the service. The first thing I put down here is this. Resting is God's nature. It is God's nature to rest. Um, he did it on the seventh day. He had a house built for him where he could rest when that house was polluted and messed with and idols were put inside of it. He complained that his dwelling place, his place of rest had been interrupted. And my goodness, if the God of heaven who deals with the prayer of every saint and knows the number of hairs on all of our heads at all times and, and cares for every need that every person has uh, that's saved, if he can find time to rest, then so can you and I. The second thing I put here is true rest comes only from God. Did you notice how many times over and over and over again, uh, God was given credit for somebody resting? Did you notice as we read through all of these verses over and over and over again, rest was contributed to God gifting it to his people. And then in Matthew 11, we looked at a few moments ago, we're commanded to come unto him and not that he might give us rest, that he will give us rest. My friend, if you can't find time to rest, then you're not properly walking with God. If you are not sleeping at night, if you're tossing and turning at night, if you're allowing fears and things to keep you awake, you are not properly coming to God to get that rest because true rest. And I'm not talking about curling up on the couch watching TV or going on a, a, a vacation and putting your feet in the sand or your toes in the water. I'm talking about rest that is spiritual in nature, rest that is emotional in nature, rest that is completely revitalizing and refreshing in nature. This type of rest comes only from God and cannot be found anywhere else. 
The third note I have down here is rest is given to those who live by faith, live by faith. Uh, Hebrews chapter four. Look back there with me at, um, at verse number 11. I'm sorry, look at verse uh, number 10. For uh, he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. I'm missing the verse here. Uh, somewhere in this passage it talks about uh, uh, getting rest because of faith and, and because of belief. And here's what uh, you find uh, all throughout is that God gives rest to those who live by faith. I praise God for um, uh, uh, God allowing me to develop a faith muscle. I went out to lunch with a lawyer uh, uh, about a year and a half ago. I met him at North, in, in North Haven at the Panera Bread. And we, we chatted for a good long time. And he stopped at some point. The man just had no faith. N- I mean, no faith. He stopped at me. And he, this is the comment he made to me. All right? And I'm not trying to uh, uh, lift myself up. I'm going to use this as, as an analogy here. He looked at me and he said this. He said, I am impressed at how big your faith muscles are. And I thought, I have never thought of it in that light. He said, your faith muscles are huge. Now, think about going to the gym. I don't really go to the gym when I do. I don't lift weights. I went with Jake Holly once a few weeks back, and he, and he had me do his, lift, uh, his weightlifting routine regimen. I tried to keep up. I couldn't. And I found myself sore for like the next week. Okay, uh, So uh, I, I am strong enough to lift a spoon, and that's enough. Amen? Um, I don't have a lot of physical uh, uh, strength it, it, that's been built upon. I have what God's given me in a male physique, but that's really where it uh, begins and ends. Uh, but uh, how about your faith muscle? Do you know the longer you're saved and the longer you trust on God through difficult times, the easier it is for you to believe that he's going to come through for you and you don't have to lose a wink of sleep over it? You know, when I am dealing with a problem in the church or a problem at home, a problem in my own life, a problem in my finances, I I say this honestly, I can't remember the last time that I was not able to fall asleep because a problem kept me up at night. There is just a faith that, hey, God is ultimately in control. He's going to take care of it. And God gives rest to those that live their life by faith. If you're not able to get solid rest and you're tossing and turning, then my friend, your faith is small. Two more notes I have here. Rest is given to those who obey. To those who obey. It's easy to obey when we're commanded to do something that we already want to do. When God says, love your wife, I say... Yes, sir. I'm in on that one. Boy, it's fun to love my wife. When God says, love your enemy. Sometimes that's not so easy. But you know what I find is when I love my enemies, my pillow seems to be a whole lot softer at nighttime. When I am doing that, which I don't want to do, but I know is right to do. Boy, I I sure sleep with such a, a sweeter conscience. God gives me a rest. The last note I have here is rest is given to those who labor, to those who labor. What did Jesus say in Matthew 11, 28? He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, ye labor. You can't rest if you don't work. You can't rest if you don't work. I have had um, uh, vacations, uh, uh, vacation times in my life, whether that be from school as a college student or just going on a long trip. And you know what I find is that if I sleep too much, I just get really tired. Anybody else ever notice that? Some of you retired folks, right? Any, any of you want to testify? Some of you retired folks uh, work circles around the non-retired folks, so maybe not. But um, you can get to a place where you're just fatigued because you're not doing anything. But but then what you find is that your rest is is it, 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 you're restless in your rest. You 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 toss and you turn and you can't get a solid night's sleep. Listen, work hard, work for the Lord. Today I got up early and, and got here and made sure the building was was just so. I taught my Sunday school class. I preached a pretty difficult sermon this morning and God got me through it. I went out to lunch with a young couple that's been visiting the church and considering membership. I got home and I had about 10 minutes to lay down and and, and rest. 
I got up and got here in time to get Angela to, to church and to, uh, and to get things ready for tonight. I have preached this sermon here. I'm going to fellowship for a few minutes after church tonight. I have worked today. I'm going to go home and I'm not going to have any problem going to sleep tonight. Some of you need to learn what labor really is. And I can say that the culture at large needs to learn what labor really is. Um, surfing the web is not work, okay? Um, uh, and I don't mean to pick on our younger generation, younger crowd, because I, I fit in with, with them age-wise. But we need to learn that uh, rest comes to those who work. And, and you can't have spiritual... You know, don't miss this quote, because this is really what I'm getting at here. You can't have spiritual rest unless you're doing spiritual work. Some of you, the reason why you're restless spiritually is because you're really not doing anything for the Lord. You need to do labor for the Lord's work. And then you'll find that He gives you that rest. We live in a day and age where we move so fast. We're caffeinated. We're sugared up. We run from A to B. Um, we microwave our dinners. We're go, 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 go all the time. And you know what? If you're going through life tired, without rest, then you're not going to be who God wants you to be. And you're not following God's nature. I hope that this Bible study tonight that we have done together affirms in your heart that God is the one that gives you that rest. And it comes when you live by faith when you obey and when you do his work. Lord, thank you for tonight. And thank you for a chance to get in your word. Read a whole lot of verses. Lord, it took us 35 minutes to get through all the verses in the Bible that talk about rest. And we didn't even touch them all. Lord, I kind of get the idea it's important to you that we do that. We cannot be productive Christians for you unless we're resting in you. And so, Lord, convict the hearts of those who are weary in well-doing, but, Lord, not finding the time and place to rest. May we follow your example. Lord, may we be people who are balanced in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet. The altar's open. I don't know if the Lord worked in your heart tonight, if He did or not, but a lot of Scripture was given out.